The biggest revelation I had was that teaching middle school ELA is no longer about teaching the love of literature, digging in and discussing social issues, at least for now. I do believe that that will return, but we have some skills and we have some deficits that we need to make up. For now, middle school ELA is about teaching students to read, filling in those gaps that they missed. Hi there, I'm Carolyn Wall, your host of the Middle School Cafe podcast, a podcast specifically for secondary ELA teachers looking to close the achievement gap. I'm a 20-year veteran teacher who still loves being in the classroom. Tune in each week as I reflect on my own teaching experience to bring you lesson plans, strategies, and stories that will help you develop your students as readers and writers. So grab your notepad, a cup of coffee, and join me each week as we dive into all things ELA. Here we go. Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's episode. I hope that you're doing well. I am currently at the end of a cold, so you might hear some stuffiness still, a little frog in the throat, but I think we'll be okay. I hope that you got a chance to listen to last week's episode with Lisa from Smith Teaches 9 to 12. I just love her passion for poetry and how she turned something that she didn't like teaching into her mission. And she definitely has a mission to help all teachers realize that they can teach poetry. I personally learned so much from her. I was taking tons of notes while she was talking and have a few ideas of things that I'm going to try this year when state testing is over next week. There is absolutely nothing wrong with knowing your own abilities and seeking out help when you need it. I'm so excited for today's episode, you guys. Thank you for being here. If you have been in the classroom at any point over the past few years, you know that teaching has changed. Things that we used to do in the classroom either no longer work or they take much longer to get through. Returning to the classroom after two years of online pandemic teaching has been challenging to say the least. Can you relate to that? In addition to the unprecedented behaviors that we've seen, student skills are really all over the place. We no longer have just three or four or five students that need additional support. We now have whole classes or nearly whole classes that have significant learning gaps. They're not collectively behind, meaning an entire grade level behind. They simply have gaps in their learning. It would actually be easier if all the students were simply behind, but they're not. They have gaps in their education, either because they didn't or couldn't participate in online learning. Maybe the standard was modified during online learning, Or it might even just simply be that the student didn't have the support that they needed in order to obtain that skill. Whatever the reason for the learning gaps, it really doesn't matter. We need to accept that they exist and then figure out a way to move forward and see how we can fill in those gaps. Last week, I told you that I had a big announcement to make this week, and it has to do with how we can help fill in those learning gaps. So are you ready? This June, I am releasing a book, you guys. I'm so excited. It's my first book ever. It is titled Motivating Readers, Teaching in the Post-Pandemic Era. It comes from my own experience and the things that I have learned over my 25 plus years and how I've adapted that in the last few years to help my students. I am so excited. I have been working on this for a very long time and it will be ready for release at the end of June. So I want to take today's episode and share a little bit about the book. Let me first say that the book does not dwell on the negativity of the past. 
There's an acknowledgement at the beginning of the book about how we ended up in this place. But from there, it's really a discussion on what we can do as teachers to take what we already know about teaching and learning, how we can tweak it and still use it so that we're not adding more work to our plate and we're not recreating education. My initial idea for this book came last summer as I was reflecting on my own school year. So that would be reflecting on the 2021-22 school year. I was really frustrated as the teacher because there were just many things about that year that I wished had gone better. Behavior aside, when I really started digging into why some of my units didn't work, why some of my specific lessons or strategies were not working or they just flopped in the middle of the lesson, it really came down to the students simply didn't have the skills necessary to do what I was asking. And that was such an eye-opener for me because how could I be upset with the students when I was asking them to do something that they didn't know how to do? It was confusing. It was definitely confusing because they could do some things, but other things they couldn't. And it was difficult to figure out what my new normal was or where my baseline was because it really was different for each student. So as I went into this school year, I wanted to take a different approach. I wanted to think about how could I use my lessons and strategies and not recreate the wheel. The biggest revelation I had was that teaching middle school ELA is no longer about teaching the love of literature, digging in and discussing social issues. At least for now, I do believe that that will return, but we have some skills and we have some deficits that we need to make up. For now, middle school ELA is about teaching students to read, filling in those gaps that they missed. Once I was able to wrap my head around that thought, I was able to approach my lessons with a whole different mindset. And that's when I began to see changes in my students because they were starting to get it. And in my own frustration level, because I finally had a plan and a strategy that was working. I had a place to start so that I could move forward. That is what this book is all about. This book is all about How can teachers take what they already know and do well in their classrooms, tweak it a little bit, and use it to re-engage students in learning and get them excited about reading again? Each section of the book is a realistic view of what the classroom looks like today and what the teacher can do to help, not putting more pressure on you to do more, but giving you a way to think about your own lessons. Think about how can I just slightly tweak it or just add this one piece of direction that will change everything for students? With the learners in our classroom today, there really are just some small things that we need to do that can change the entire outcome of your lesson. The book is divided into six chapters. Chapter one is titled A Shift in Education, and it is a brief overview of how we got here. I promise you it is not a book of complaints about things that happened in the past and things we had no control over. It just is an acknowledgement of what happened and then it moves forward. It talks about why we have such varied learning gaps and why we don't have whole classes that are behind. We just have students that have pockets of skills that we need to address. We need to help them develop those skills. Chapter two is titled Creating a Culture of Reading. 
This is really one of my favorite chapters of the whole book because I firmly believe that our surroundings set the tone for what we're able to do. I know for myself personally, if like my house is super messy, then I can't function. I need to get things cleaned up. If my desk is super messy, then I need to get my desk clean before really I can do anything else. Nobody wants to learn in an environment that's cold and stale, and nobody wants to learn in an environment that is messy and disorganized. This chapter is all about leaning into student interests, allowing students to take the lead in choosing and recommending books, giving them a voice in the classroom library, and I offer different strategies in order for you to do that. Chapter three is where most teachers are probably going to want to hone in on because this is where all the strategies are. Chapter three is titled Reigniting the Spark. For so long, school has just been about checking things off of a list. Students had a list of activities to complete, whether it was on Google Classroom, maybe it was in Teams or in Canvas or another LMS system. Part of reigniting the spark for learning is teaching students how to learn. How do they engage? We keep saying they need to engage, but they don't necessarily know how to. As I specifically think about my sixth graders this year, during the years that they would have been learning to work together, engaging in learning that interests them, they were simply completing tasks. They had a task from their teacher and they just completed the task. So it became a lot about um, sitting on a computer, maybe in a Zoom call, maybe it was just reading a worksheet and completing a worksheet. So they missed out on the how to learn. And that's something that really struck me when I reflected last summer is that my students didn't know how to learn. In this chapter, I'll talk about specific strategies that I've used, and I even adapted strategies that have traditionally been thought of as elementary strategies, tweaked on them a little bit so that they would match my middle schoolers and that my middle schoolers wouldn't think that they were elementary strategies. Chapter four is talking about motivation through goal setting. The focus of this chapter is about how you can use goal setting with students to help them take ownership over their learning how we can help them identify how they learn. So help them to recognize that when I do X, I'm able to learn. When I set myself up with X, Y, Z, I am able to learn. This chapter also focuses on helping students learn to evaluate their goals, revise their goals, and create new goals so that they are part of the learning process. Again, that's something that a lot of my students knew how to do coming into my class before the pandemic, but definitely has been a struggle in the two years since the pandemic. It is always my goal to help my students learn how they learn so that they can have ownership over their own learning. Chapter five is titled Using Technology to Enhance Learning. While I do talk about and encourage the use of audiobooks in this chapter, this chapter offers way more advice than that. In this chapter, I offer practical ideas to use technology in a way that will meet the needs of the students that we have. There are ideas for collaborations and how students can work together, whether they're in different classes, in different buildings, or even just in different class periods. I offer ideas on how you can create student recommendation boards and book reviews that are accessible to everybody. Technology is definitely something that our students are familiar with, and so incorporating that into our classes is really going to benefit everybody. And that leads us to chapter six, which is really just wrapping it all up. The landscape of education has changed and we have to lean into it. Take what we already know and learn how to deliver it in a new way because the needs of our students are so different. 
And there you have it. That's all six chapters. I am so excited to bring this to you. The book will be available at the end of June. But for now, you can sign up for the waitlist. There's a link over in the show notes. When you sign up for the waitlist, you will receive a couple of gifts from me of things that you can use with your class this fall. There will also be some live events happening in June as the book release date gets a little bit closer. And if you're signed up on the waitlist, then you will get notifications about each of those as well. Well, you guys, the sun has finally shown up here in Pacific Northwest. So I'm going to go enjoy some well-deserved fun in the sun. Until next time, everyone, have a great week.